We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts and your weird stories. Just contact us at weirdnorfolk at archant.co.uk. I like to describe Weird Norfolk as a cabinet of curiosities containing forgotten folklore, paranormal experiences, odd places to visit, and just a, a real collection of interesting local history. I'm Shifra Connor and I'm the curator and researcher for Weird Norfolk. Fact, folklore, legend that relate to a whole manner of different things in the county, whether that be an artefact at Norwich Castle, whether that be an erratic stone left by a glacier. So I'm Stacia Briggs and I'm the writer for Weird Norfolk. On Weird Norfolk, we look at the lily pit in Galston. There are no shortage of haunting tales about the lily pit in Galston, and like all the best mysterious yarns, each has the gossamer thread of truth running through it. Some say the pit was the final resting place of a mail coach drawn by four horses which clattered off the main track on a foggy night and plunged into the pit, consigning both horses and driver to a watery grave. Witnesses have claimed to see a phantom coach being driven hell for leather towards the pit at the witching hour, only for it to disappear as it arrives at the water. Another tale is that that of star-crossed lovers who ran away to start a new life but were thwarted by tragedy before the sto- their story really began. A farmhand fell in love with the farmer's daughter and realising he could never win her fairly in her father's and his master's eyes, the pair decided to elope. But as they fled, the young woman lost her footing and tumbled into the pit where she drowned. Broken-hearted, her stricken lover vowed to meet her in heaven and hanged himself on a nearby oak tree. For years, people making their way to Great Yarmouth would divert down Crab Lane for fear of seeing the ghost of the young man crossing from the oak and into the pit to reunite with his love. The third story suggests that the pit was at the the well of an ancient chief whose castle was nearby and whose body had been laid to rest nearby. Beautiful prose. Yeah, uh, thank you. I'd just like to uh, yeah, have a shout out for Gossamer Thread of Truth running through it. To be fair, I did just take that directly from what wow. you'd written. <laughs> a Gossamer Thread of Truth is very nice. Thank you. Thank you. So the truths. Each of these stories has a grain of truth, which I think is really nice. Because mm. so many like stories you hear, you, you can't, you know, you can't find that grain of truth. So the first story about the the carriage yeah a chap called james keeble on his way home horse returns he doesn't um and he the cart was in the in the pit wasn't it yeah i think what's confused me this is kind of like two stories that could this is almost like Mm. two elements of truth so that's firstly there's the james keeble who fell into the pit just off his horse basically whether they'd stopped to have some water and he'd like fallen off the top of his horse. And then there's another story <laughs> that 
carts would travel along so it's the Beckles Road and carts would travel along so fast that their wheels would start to smoke so it became common practice for them to kind of back the carts up into the pond a little bit to cool off the wheels and one went too far and so the whole would you not just stop if your wheels were overheating and I wait they just wanted to cool them down but I thought you know if they think oh That's we've done it like a million pitch. times yeah. before like it'll be fine and on this one occasion it just went too far in and obviously the weight of the coach pulled everybody in so yeah so there's two elements of truth in that first one um the tale of the thwarted love is said to be woven from the true story of a Galston man who could not bear the loss of his beloved daughter and so hanged himself from the hollow oak tree by the pit the tree stood by the pit until the 1930s um and became a macabre memorial, which was avoided by those who could remember the tragedy. So it's again a slight change in the story, but there is this tale that someone hangs himself um, from a tree next to the pit. That tree's not there anymore. But um... that is the kind of story that's passed on down the generations, mm. isn't it? We yeah. we had um, there was a, an old cricket ground near where I used to live, and it was a place where you only knew about it if you were a local. And it was also a place, sadly, where people would go and commit suicide. So there were two or three there in the time when I was a child. And they would all do it on the same tree. Mm. And there was much call for the tree to be taken down. But the tree was kind of integral to, Mm. you know, the place. So it wasn't, but you did not go near that tree, Mm. you know, um, because it became synonymous with, with what had happened there. Um, but you know you kind of go then I took my kids there and obviously when they were little and did not tell them the story about people committing suicide and they you know were all over the tree Mm. so it is kind of folklore that is only relevant if you know the stories that are attached to it isn't it so to anybody else seeing that 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 lake and that tree it would be oh how lovely Mm. but um it's the kind of story that is passed down isn't it you don't go near that tree you know and and the, the story comes back about you know the chap who who died there because of his daughter yeah. running off um, with a chap. Yeah, it actually doesn't say. It just says who cannot bear the loss of his beloved. It doesn't specify whether she passed away or whether she did actually run away. She could have run away, couldn't she? Yeah, I wondered if that was attached to the other story about the 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 man who did run away with mm. with her and she died in the pit, and yeah. so that it was three deaths for the price of one. Yeah. And then the third story about an ancient chief. In, 19, in 1892, a skeleton was unearthed, which had been laid to rest on flints and was said to have the appearance of an early British burial. And it was discovered just a stone's throw away from the pit. So, again, this idea that, you know... That, that yeah, when I first king... read that, it felt a little bit Scooby-Doo and, you know, the whole kind of... It's on an ancient... Um, burial ground. Native American burial ground. And I was thinking, why was there an... Uh, and then I've, I've made that up in my head. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the kind of ancient chief that it was. No. And, and Scooby and Scraggy, or whatever their yeah, names are, are not, not there. Not but, um, yes, there was this, this... This skeleton was found nearby, wasn't it? And because it was close to a water supply, so water supplies were obviously very important in ye olden times, although the, the sea was just over the way, wasn't it, and the mm-hmm. rivers too. Um, I thought it's also interesting that this pit is now doesn't look exactly the same as it, does, it did then because it's filled with the rubble from the bombing yeah. nearby, wasn't it? Yeah, so it, it, when it was first around, it, you, there's an 1883 map which shows the pit and it's actually coffin-shaped, quite eerily. Mm. Um, but over time, 
it's like half it's it's kind of rounded a bit over time and it's halved in size and yeah they they put the rubble from the bombings in it yeah there was, there so was it's, it's a lot huge, shallower as well huge, the the bar decorates i think in in Goulston in particular um one of the one of the people i go to normandy with his dad was a dj veteran he signed up um and he was in love with a girl from Goulston and he when he went off to train uh, he had asked her to marry him and he had a message one night just before D-Day that something had happened and he needed to come home, came home. She had been killed outright Aww. by a bomb in Galston. And the rubble from that instant is in mm. that pit. Mm. So, and she, yeah, he, she, I mean, he obviously married somebody else later, but it it kind of put the fire in him to, yeah. go, and, to go and, you know, fight on D-Day because... Somebody had killed his fiance. Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, but in that in that pit is the um, is the rubble from that bombing raid that took her. So, yeah, it's kind of all these stories all swallowed up yeah. in this one pit. I think that's it because I, I want for this podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the stone tape theory, um, which is the kind of materials that are surrounding us. Not just stone, but you know, trees or anything, kind of um, soak up the emotion and then that kind of produces a recording um which then replays the same thing over and over again and I feel like all of these stories could actually you know have that effect and actually now with you saying about the rubble being you know such a a a horrific incident and all those like lives lost Mm. could that some of those kind of emotions be recorded on the rubble that's in the pit and that's also adding to this kind of strange kind of atmosphere yeah, I mean, so many stories, one area, and, and that's reflected across the whole of the UK, isn't it? The whole of Norfolk, the whole of the whole the whole world, that there are these places where so much has happened, so much is attached to it. And even if there are, there is no credence in, in, in what you've just talked about, the stories are still there, mm. and that is enough, isn't it, that, yeah. that they're attached to that place. I kind of, I think it's interesting that, that so many of these tales kind of have a moral attached to them, these ghost stories that we that we deal with. And we come across it all the time, these stories of women who run away to be with somebody they shouldn't be with. Whether or not they shouldn't be with them is another matter. But these men who they've been told not to be with, mm. and then they are punished by meeting a an untimely end, aren't mm. they? That's like the shrieking pits. Yeah. yeah, same kind of thing. So you, you have your woman, she falls in love with somebody who she shouldn't have fallen in love with, in the words of the buzzcocks, and, you know, dad, protector, whoever says you're not to be with him, and, you know, and, and, and lo and behold, what happens is when she does exactly that, is um, she... She uh, she dies because mm. that's what happens to bad girls. If you you know defy yeah. your father, if you defy convention, if you misbehave, this is what happens, and it then becomes literally a story to terrify children. So you grow up thinking that not only is there an area you should avoid, which makes sense because it's a deep pit and you don't want your kids there anywhere near it, or your teenagers <clears throat> who you know have not a great deal of sense around deep water but also as an added bonus it's a kind of moral tale of Mm. 
Oh, and by the way, the reason why you don't go near this is because somebody drowned there, and the reason she drowned there is because she was trying to get away from she authority. Misbehaved, she misbehaved. Yeah. So it's those bad girls in folklore, yeah. isn't it? What happens to them? Yeah. And the whole kind of, you know, it's almost Angela Carter-esque, isn't it? That kind of, you know, behave yourself, or the big bad wolf will get you, or yeah. the pit will get you, or this will happen. That's a really interesting theory. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, you can't let that kind of folklore, that kind of moral story cloak the fact that this might have happened. So do you think ghost stories in general are actually just a modern day folklore? A lot of them, yeah, definitely. And I think it is a really easy, clever way to pass down a message that people would actually listen to. Whereas Mm. if you just say to your 20-year-old daughter... um, don't go with or don't be involved with this man because I don't like him, then she could quite rightfully say to you, it's my life, I'll do what I like. Mm. Whereas if you say, if you do this, then, you know, look what happened to this this girl who defied her parents and who, you know, went went to be with somebody who she shouldn't have been with, this is what happened. It's more, it's going to stick in the mind mm. more, isn't it? Even if you don't believe it, it's still that association with, with doing um, what you shouldn't do. And... Um, and bad coming of it, you know. So, I think so. Yeah, I think there's a uh, there's a definite link between some of these tales and how we expect people to behave. Mm. I think these ones in particular, I, I would agree with you that they're probably more moralistic kind of yeah. stories because um, I've not actually been able to find any sightings of any of these ghosts. They, they are just tales. Like, I've not been able to find any documented evidence of them. When the photographer went to do some pictures for me, he, luckily for us, he actually bumped into the owner of the property because although the pit is still there, it's set really, it's quite far back from what is now the road, so you can't actually view it from any kind of public access. And luckily Nick bumped into the guy who was just coming up his drive. Um, They bonded over golf. (laughs) And the guy invited him in for a cup of tea and had a nice old chat with him. So Nick actually managed to, you know, he asked some questions. And then he he obviously said, oh, have you ever seen any of these ghosts? And the guy was like, he said that the house had actually been um, in his family for a few generations. And actually he'd not heard, although he'd heard of the stories, he and none of his family had ever experienced anything. So... It's interesting because... You would say that that's, that's your typical, obvious place for a for ghost to appear. Mm. But then if nobody can access it, mm. then mm. they're not going to see anything, are yeah. they? No, and, and it is these, these massive pits, which is probably an excavation pit, isn't it, of some, of some type. Mm. And bizarrely, the place I was talking about earlier with the Cricket Ground has also got chalk pits there, which have hugely cavernous lakes now that, that have filled in chalk works. And again, there were stories about those lakes, and I kind of almost always felt that those were stories that were engineered by parents who don't have eyes in the back of their head, and, mm. and at a time when children did have much more freedom and were allowed to go off and do what they liked, you needed to attach fear to areas where they shouldn't go. Yeah. Um, and chalk pits and excavation well, yeah, and I think pits. all pits seem to have some kind of... 
Pits are terrifying, aren't they? Because they're not like a. Then it's not like the sea where you kind of walk in and and then and it's it's shallow and then Mm. and then it gradually goes down. These are these are straight down. Yeah, this is there is no shelf. Mm. If you can't swim and you're in that pit, you've had it, Mm. haven't you? They are kind of. They look so so sweet and so beautiful and so Mm. quintessentially British, but they are hideously dangerous, dangerous, aren't they? Yeah. So bizarrely that dreadful bombing will have led to that pit becoming slightly safer. Yeah. In yeah, a strange way, because yeah. it's far shallower now. Yeah. And also hidden, isn't it? It's kind of quite sad. I think it's quite sad that that awful devastation wreaked on Yarmouth and Gorston mm. during the war is hidden in a way. Yeah. You know, and no one can see it. I don't know what I expect to be done with it, but yeah. it's just it's just like it's been cleared away, hasn't it? And all those people who died and... Uh, and it's just swallowed up, isn't it? The pit must have been really deep, mustn't it? Super to deep, start with. which is what makes me think it's a, an excavation site mm. where they dug maybe the ancient chief yeah. of the Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> so the two real morals is you can lead a horse to water, but don't fall off. <laughs> yes, yes. And never reverse your coach no. into a pit. No. And I would to also cool add, your wheels. don't run off with a man who your mum and dad don't like. Which, yeah. if my daughter is reading, is a is a, uh, a salient tale <laughs> that uh, choose choose wisely, my girl, or you'll be in the pit with uh, with the rest of them, with the crowd of ghosts. Yeah, but it is yeah, it's I I am fascinated with this idea of of, of morality and 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 kind of human responsibility and tales which include the supernatural and whether or not you know it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? What mm. came first? the ghost or the moral yeah. because either works you know if they I suppose if if the place had a, a some kind of slight tale attached to it parents might have like elaborated on that yeah to like keep the children away well something away. somewhere along the line something's happened yeah hasn't it something yeah. has happened and I would imagine the most likely... I, I can kind of see this this business of, of cooling down the, the yeah, wheels. Yeah. That kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Because you're a mail coach, you need to get the mail there quickly. Yeah. And if you can't keep going because your, your wheels will buckle, it makes sense to yeah. cool them down. And I can see that easily tipping in. Whether yeah. or not anyone died is another matter. Yeah. Um, although you can see the horse. It's quite awful it's, sight. Yeah, it's it's, it's, really, it makes you feel, <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> As but it I can't imagine them the doing Because if they do it, like, if they did it regularly, just, they wouldn't even think twice about it, would they? And then no. just that one occasion when, like, say some of the ground gives way underneath them, and it's all just... Yeah. It's horrific, actually, if you it think is, about it. It is. Just the way you'd go yeah. and being dragged down. Yeah, not nice. Yeah. I don't think the horse... The driver might have got away, but the horses wouldn't have. No. They would have gone down with it, wouldn't they? And there'd have been nothing you could do because it would have been so deep, wouldn't it? Mm. They'd have been gone within mm. seconds, wouldn't they? Poor yeah, it is. But it's uh, it's another one of those those places we pass every single day, where it looks so inconsequential. It mm. looks just like, you know, I don't know. You realise that all these places that you pass every day, there are stories. There are there are echoes from the past aren't there that are yeah. attached to them all it's really interesting it is isn't it, it, isn't it? i think since doing like starting weird norfolk i look at places a lot more like as yes. i'm going through i'll be like oh i wonder what it's like oh that looks or like place names yeah. mm. 
and, and village signs. Yeah. I can't pass yeah. one of those know, anymore without kind of thinking. Popular, so many, there's yeah. like often little clues to yes. whatever, what the like the village folklore is in in the sign, isn't there? It is a real. It's a wake up call to look a little bit harder mm. at what at what's around you, which can never be a bad thing, can it? Really, mm. to kind of take a little bit more care about where you are and mm. what's there. Um, I, I think we probably always did, didn't we? But not maybe to yeah, this degree. not to this degree. No. And this is another example of something that is so everyday to so many people that has got so much mm-hmm. history attached to it for whatever reason. Yeah. It's like one little pit has got yeah, all Yeah, it's quite this... a big pit. Well, yeah. Slightly less big. Than slightly less big. But, but it's know. got all these stories attached to it. Have you it. been in a pit? No. No. Uh, do you know, whatever the stories were that my mum and dad told me about those ones in Old Cossey, I didn't go near them. I would not, I still to this day would, don't go anywhere near the edge of what's, those pits. What's the pit? There's one out near King's Lynn, isn't there, that's really dangerous. Is that yeah. a pit? That's excavation as well. Anything where they took chalk or where they mm. took... It, I mean, they're so deep. Is it boresy? Yeah, it's just hideous. It's awful. awful. That, and, and that is so beautiful. The one at Cossey is so beautiful. And I will not go within two metres of it because of these stories I was told mm. about, you know. So with the stories, and to t- go back to the, the, the moral mm. side of it a bit, just thinking about your responsibility as a storyteller, yes. because that's what you are. You're retelling these stories, and you will give it a little bit of... Gossamer thread of truth. Well, indeed, yeah. And also you'll... you'll you know, whether consciously or subconsciously, you will add to that yes, story, yes. and you will you will add bits and you will leave bits yeah, out. Yeah, a bit of weaving. So, yes. so are you you conscious of that when you're telling that? Yeah, really conscious of that because you kind of think you need people to read. My job is to make you read my story from the beginning to the end. That's whatever my story is. That's my job. And so, with a story like this, or with any of our stories, it's like a real gift because they're they're so unusual and they're so otherworldly it's almost impossible for me to not not overwrite it hopefully but to kind of write it up because you want to kind of see you suddenly almost feel like you've slipped on a cloak and that you're sitting around a fire and that you're you know because it's such a joy to be able to write something in a non-news style to be able to just go straight in and say you know give it the gossamer of threads. I think that is the art of storytelling though isn't it? To to kind of slightly elaborate on things and yeah and make it a little bit your own even though yeah I think all of these have got a spacious signature. Well and you these are not our stories Mm. but they become our stories because we're retelling them. And I suppose with my research, I'm picking out the bits that I think are most interesting yeah. and then passing that on to you. Yeah, and, and then, then I you... I take the bits that I can. There's there's times when we can't fit everything in. Yeah, which is um, why we started doing the podcast, actually, yeah. because there's so much extra information. And it's really frustrating. I only have a certain word count. You only have a certain amount of pictures that you mm. are at your disposal. And yeah. it means there's so much that's lost and you don't want it to be lost because it's bits that add another flavour to mm. it and we just sit there don't we talking all the time about yeah. bits and pieces and you think oh I wish I could get that but, the, in. but it would just be a random line yeah. that wouldn't kind of fit in with the which rest is of not the story. to say that I'm averse to putting in just a random line <laughs> because I'm not <laughs> the majority of these stories lack one really important thing and that is an end so you get stories mm. of your beginning your middle you yes. don't have an end to this so it must be difficult when you're writing to know when to stop because you could continue Richard it's always difficult for me to know when to stop I'm a I'm like the John Lewis of writing never knowingly underwritten um I yeah it is hard and 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 I do find any form of of 
word count really difficult it's probably designed for people like me who who write too much um i just think you kind of weave it into into something which is self-contained and that you could tell round a fire mm. that you could just and yeah it is it is hard and and i and i probably do get a little bit um floral sometimes but i quite like that i like the fact that this is there is nothing else in the paper or or that we produce that is anything like this. No. We don't do anything with a degree of storytelling in it. So for me, as a writer, this is a complete joy. Yeah. And and these are tales that it's you nice just to want think to that tell. That you've written like where you've added flourishes are like <laughs> adding to the story though, and so people will retell it. I hope and so. And it's like you know, in generations, it's sometimes it's... difficult to leave these stories behind, isn't it? I sometimes feel because obviously because we love it so much we can talk about it till the cows come home and sometimes I come home and you kind of tell the story quickly and people kind of be like okay and you kind of think I really want you to talk to me a bit more about this but it's sometimes I dream about these people at night these stories and these and these and and what happened next Mm. and what actually happened and what you know and, and and I've gone out to lots of these places since we've done the story. You'd think you'd do it before, but mm. sometimes time means you can't. Yeah. So you kind of go out retrospectively, don't you? Yeah. And there's a real feeling of, you know, that's our, yeah. that's our girl in there. You feel really there. connected to it, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is strange, isn't it? But we and do. When, from your point of view, when you're doing the research, what what's the spark? What's the thing that makes you... Two pieces of paper in front of you think, this is the story. It's really hard to put a a definition on that, really. Um, it's more feeling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's just a feeling. Like, sometimes you'll only have, like, one line. So then you go off and research. And then it's usually if I can find... I really like it if I can find a name or a date. That usually gets me going, right, yes, actually, this is something really good. Because, actually, I can kind of trace it back. And also when they, like, cross over with other places that we've already done. I think that's something I quite like as well because it shows like how all of the stories are connected and it like makes it feel really Norfolk, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. In a good way, like Yeah. We yeah. always know lots of people come over to us all the time and say, Oh, this might be weird Norfolk and it's an immediate yeah, you yes know or no. You might not tell them no if they're there because that's a bit rude, isn't it? God, here they come again. But um it's an immediate thing, you just know, don't you, yeah. if something's really weird Norfolk or not. Yeah. listening to this week's weird norfolk episode you can find us every week in the eastern daily press on page 13 of weekend supplement you can also find an archive of all of our stories at edp24.co.uk and if you're feeling social you can follow us on twitter and instagram at weird norfolk Weird Norfolk Podcast is a Richard Fair production for the Eastern Daily Press. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts and your weird stories. Just contact us at weirdnorfolk at archant.co.uk.